On this week's episode of the Proof of Work podcast, we talk with Masari's lead dev, Thayer, about the project in depth, where it's been, where it's at, and where it's going. And then on the second segment, we catch up with Oh So Easy as we return back from the World CryptoCon in Las Vegas. We also talk about the Sapphire snapshot that's taking place in the next 48 hours. Let's hash it out. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Proof of Work Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Cryptos, and I got my co-host here, um, Oh So Easy. Oh So Easy, how you doing, buddy? Ah, doing great, Coach. Thanks for having me back on. And uh, just it's been a great week. Just got back from World CryptoCon out in Las Vegas. Kind of a little bit of jet lag. So looking forward <laughs> to today's show. <laughs> yeah, man. It, it was uh, it was definitely fun kind of keeping up with uh, with you guys while you were there, you and Troy, and then uh, seeing you in the background of some of the World CryptoCon tweets and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like you were in the mix pretty good, man. So uh, happy you guys had a good time and look forward to catching up on that and uh, letting our letting our listeners uh, kind of get a feel for how that was. But uh, I'm very excited about today's show, man. We have a you know a, a project that's I mean been making splashes for a while. Solid community, uh, solid project, and uh, excellent developer. Um, today we got Masari, all right, and we have the developer. Um, Thayer, he's going to join us today. Thayer, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Glad to be here, guys. Yeah. Hey, Thayer, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Well, uh, you know, we'll we just d- kind of dive right in. Um, you know, uh, sorry, how long have you guys been in existence? And then, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about um, you guys' project and what makes it unique amongst all the other Kryptonite uh, variants. Sure. Yeah. So um, we started around uh, September of last year and um, uh, I was still working uh, uh, employed uh, at the time and I kicked off Masari as a, effectively an experimental project. And there were a bunch of things that I wanted to do and it just sort of kept going from there. Um, I was really fascinated by the, the privacy coin sphere and um there's different ways people were doing it. So we got things like Zcash where they have this opt-in privacy. Uh, to me, that kind of felt a bit weird because like uh, just in terms of like banking versus crypto, uh, something like Bitcoin is basically like having your bank account public for everybody to see. Um, and uh, if you're trying to be opt-in privacy, um, that's the same as like, you know, if the guy's like being shady, walking around in a hoodie or something, that that's what opt-in privacy is. Like you kind of get pointed out for being private when right. privacy should be, you know, first and foremost. And uh, that's kind of uh, uh, the roots of Masari, uh, just being a uh, first and foremost privacy coin. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, now, you, now you mentioned at that point in time, you're, you're still kind of working in the real world, I guess. Um, what, what 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 got you into crypto first? Like, what was the your first entry point to cryptocurrency, whether it was Bitcoin, or whatever? Uh, how did you get into it? Yeah, so um, I knew about Bitcoin for quite a long time. Uh, I just haven't really uh, delved in, if if that makes sense. Uh, the first time I heard about it was when uh, WikiLeaks, uh, or at least the last clear one that I can recall, uh, when they got banned from uh, PayPal and other payment platforms, and they started accepting Bitcoin. And um, I didn't really sort of pay too much attention until last year when we got the, 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 the huge uh, bull run that was going on. And uh, it was kind of 
the last straw, if, if I can call it that, of like, okay, I really got to pay attention. Like, what, what, what is happening? Um, and I didn't really have a, a full, clear technical understanding at the time, and I kind of just went all in. And um, I really got fascinated by Monero uh, because it has, uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, it was privacy first. And uh, it, the, I think the, most, the, the thing that really uh, got me was like that the amounts were uh, private. So you didn't even know how much was being sent to somebody else on the network, let alone who uh, it came from and who it's and uh, there's some nice uh, homomorphic encryption there. And there's all this sort of like nice math behind it. And that, that's sort of what first got me uh, in. And I started uh, playing with the Monero code and kind of just uh, chipping away at it, uh, understanding the, the white papers that are involved and all, uh, and all that stuff. And uh, it kind of kept growing. And at one point, I'm like, hey, there's things that I want to do. And let's just let's just launch a fork. Let's let's, let's launch Masari and kind of go from there. Yeah. So, so do you you had a development background before this there, or yeah. what? What was your background that got you into looking into the code? I assume you had some programming experience. Yeah. So um, yeah, my official title uh, at the time is uh, data engineer. So it's basically a software engineer, but you're uh, mostly working on data. And uh, typically, uh, it's kind of, quote, unquote, uh, big data. So you're dealing with uh, petabytes of, up to petabytes of data, and it's just a lot of compute. And it's, uh, it falls in the distributed systems uh, domain. And it's not too far off from decentralized systems. So the only real distinction from uh, a typical distributed system like Spark or Hadoop or uh, uh, whichever framework you want to look at um, something like Bitcoin is pretty close. They're just uh, effectively consensus rules that are there, but otherwise you're uh, distributing compute uh, out and you're finding a way to uh, consolidate all those different nodes into a single state. Um, it's, it's basically still just a database, but it's a database that can be distributed in a decentralized way. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, so good, good way to say that. Yeah, and so uh, you know, at, at this moment, kind of t tell us where Masari is. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys have just celebrated, as you mentioned, uh, you started around September seventh of last year. Um, you're a little over a year. Um, you, you, you guys have made a ton of progress. Like I said, you got a great community. Um, you're on several exchanges, doing well on all of them. Um, you know, wh wh where are you guys at right now? What's kind of going on with your team? Uh, you know, how many people you got on your team? What you know, what, what's going on? Cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, things didn't really ramp up uh, uh, per se until uh, a couple months ago where I quit my job uh, to do this full time. And uh, uh, what's going on right now is there's this new protocol that is in testnet right now. So we're preparing this for, uh, for main launch. There are even uh, bounties up there for around 10,000 Masari. So that's about at least in terms of right now dollars, $3,000 up to that somebody could get if they can find vulnerabilities in the, in the, in the code. Um, this is a new protocol uh, that's uh, for uncle mining. Uh, it basically gives you faster blocks. Uh, it can give you uh, higher network security and it allows for uh, miners to get rewarded for orphan uh, blocks. Uh, so that's kind of what's going on now. 
Um, oh, hey, excuse me there. Uh, yeah. Quick question on that. Since you brought up Omer blocks and uncles, um, is this kind of like using something similar to what Ethereum has so that they could keep a faster block time? Yeah. So with Ethereum, they're using something called the ghost protocol. Correct. And um, there are uh, alternative protocols out there. Uh, another, another one that I uh, saw was something called Decor. Um, I can't remember the exact uh, what it stands for, but effectively it tries to look at how uh, there could be incentive on Ethereum for an adversary to mine uncles on purpose. Basically, that there were there, there is some sort of flaw in in the design. Yeah. Um, whether yeah. or not that's true, I I, I I can't confirm, but just just taking it for face value. And I kind of want to look at the different protocols and uh, come up uh, with something that's very simple. Uh, so that's uh, what the S stands for in SIC, or it's a uh, simple extended consensus resolution. And uh, basically, it's kind of, in terms of uh, simplifying it down, it's kind of like having an uncle. Uh, you're, if you mine an uncle, uh, that uncle is exactly the same height as your parent as a block. And um, uh, there are very simple rules that are there and, uh, that kind of give you that increased security. And uh, we're probably going to do 60-second blocks, but it, it's, it doesn't, nothing's stopping us from dropping down to 20 seconds. Uh, but it, that's not something that's, uh, uh, that's not the angle that we're uh, trying to go for, for getting the block time down that, that fast. Yeah, okay. So like in Ethereum, they record the uncles into the hash uh, yeah. or the omers, and that's how they help validate the blocks. Yeah, and, and but it's so that they could keep the fast block time. You don't really care about that, but it doesn't. It provides some enhanced security. Just trying to give an overview yeah. for those that might be listening. Thanks for going over that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of assuming that uh, people know what an orphan block is, so uh, uh, I could be wrong on that. But uh, basically, there are, there's work on the network that miners have, and not all of it gets accepted into the network. So uncle mining is a way to uh, bring that in and uh, still reward people for doing that work. Um, yeah. What's your, is your reward going to be similar to like pretty close to the full block reward or like one of the coins that I work with eGem, we really reduced the uncle reward. Yeah. So it's basically just 50%. Um, uh, there is a, effectively a very simple proof that you can put in that you shouldn't incent, it's not going to incentivize uncle mining because if somebody is trying to mine an uncle and a regular block, they're going to get half of the rewards. Um, and effectively, like they're just better off mining on the main chain. Um, yeah, but it's basically yeah I agree. I agree with, uh, with the reduced rewards. Uh, and would you say just for the listeners today that an uncle is basically like the second guy who mined the same block? It, yeah but the other guy won and his becomes the main blockchain this is just a duplicate yeah. same hash yeah. same same solution just the loser of the race condition yeah so yeah, so, so, so we're uh, you know and not that i'm a fan of giving uh medals to last place uh people <laughs> but this is, this is kind of the same sort of idea um but it does increase security on the network which which is really nice but Recently, I've been coding on this process, and essentially what happens is the network doesn't convey to the second miner, the loser, in time that a block was mined, and so he still submits it, be it a microsecond or a second later, yeah. that block, the same reward comes in, but it's already been rewarded. So that's what an omer or an uncle 
kind of is. And the reason they hash it into the block uh, chain it for the faster uh, block time is because you can then validate the, that extra p data set and it allows for the block time to be faster because you're going to have conflicts and losers if you're going for a really fast block time because that network speed is just isn't there when you're yeah. dealing with peers. That's my, that's my take. I mean, yeah. just, I coded something similar. So is that, does that sound good to you? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it does. So it's uh, the way I, I would kind of describe it is that there's a certain efficiency uh, or certain inefficiency in the, in the network um, with uh, Ethereum. Uh, they have, reasonable amount of data for it. It's, I think it's roughly around 5%. So uh, you can think of it as like the amount of work put into the system, 5% of that really would have otherwise just sort of uh, been orphaned and gone away. Uh, but with Uncle Mining, you can uh, include the weight of those on top of the chain and you can increase security that way. Um, so uh, that, that's pretty much in line with what you're, what you're saying uh, in terms of how I interpret it. Uh, Right. Yeah, I'm That's giving great. the layman's term approach, I guess. But, and yeah, so so that's really cool to add into a CryptoNote project, though, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is the first uh, case of, um, uh, to be honest, other than Monero, uh, right now, uh, currently, Masari is the only other coin that is doing new developments in network protocols. Um, there's another protocol that uh, we're going to start working on soon, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm calling it Blocktree. It effectively uh, makes the chain into a, a tree. You'll have a bunch of subchains, and you can synchronize um, uh, with uh, with with that tree uh, dynamically resizing. Uh, this gives us uh, effectively um, lower latency in the system uh, and allows for, uh, on average, smaller difficulty per block, which helps with decentralization. There are a bunch of other advantages uh, to this, but uh, those are just a couple simple ones. Uh, they're at least scalability oriented uh, as far as uh, what Masari is trying to do for scalability. Yeah, that sounds uh, wonderful. Yeah. Hey, Coach, you better can, I, this guy, a man after my own heart, data engineer, uh, you know, he's into the same kind of stuff. Uh, like I, I, my background is I have a master's in information systems. So I did a lot of data work and, uh, you know, you're, you're speaking my language, basically. I love it. <laughs> I, I hope, I hope I'm not being too technical because I know this is supposed to be a, like a, you know, for the layman, uh, and uh, most people aren't technically minded. So, uh, I, I don't want to go off the rails too much. No, man. I, you know, as a, I'm probably that, that guy that can only absorb the layman terms, but, uh, let no, that makes sense. And that's, that's definitely exciting. I'm happy. Also, easy to kind of bridge that gap for everybody a little bit. Um, no, I, that's, that's truly exciting. And, um, you know, the, the show is the proof of work podcast. I started off, I was heavy miner. Um, I was nice. definitely, uh, heavy into, uh, kryptonite F hash. I was at, you know, got an AMD GPU. So kryptonite has always been a more advantageous uh, algorithm for me. And as Monero, you know, when they made the fork to be ASIC resistant, um, initially, you know, uh, all of a sudden, all these, you got, hundred different versions every time i look at a kryptonite coin <laughs> it's a new version you got fast you got slow got heavy whatever you guys are kryptonite fast correct so, so um, a, go ahead yeah so uh, sorry i was, I was gonna just jump in there yeah so yeah, it, basically, basically uh, in terms of all these different algorithms now they're just tweaks to what monero had and it's right. mostly to do with um miners that are adversarial 
if you can think of it, basically they just have a lot of hash power and they can come in and like warp the network uh, emission rate in a certain way that's beneficial for them, but hurts the other miners. Um, uh, Sorry is actually, uh, I, I would claim the first, but, but I think there was other work happening at the same time, but we definitely launched the first uh, new iteration of a difficulty adjustment algorithm. And a lot of coins uh, took it on because uh, most coins, once they hit an exchange, they get hit pretty hard with this stuff. And uh, ours was included. And that was kind of, uh, I think once that stuff started getting into the research, there's more algorithms out now. Uh, we have a ton of crypto coins uh, in the wild and it's because they can sort of survive this stuff. But even with this new adjustments, uh, being part of a big uh Minor network like uh, Monero's, uh, you still get some problems. So the little adjustments in the algorithms uh, help with that. Um, but that's kind of uh, what that's all about. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely good because, like you said, you never the difficulty never gets too tough as a miner, in my opinion, just because you do have a variance and um, you know if it does pick up, uh, everybody's forking. I mean, they they take advantage of, of just forking and, and yeah. kind of recalibrating and all that good stuff. So it's been advantageous. Um, I have not tried fast yet. What what is that initially stemming from? Is it just from from uh, the, that V seven Kryptonite V seven or what? It's, yeah, it's, it's currently V7, um, and effectively the fast part means just that we have uh, uh, lower iterations on certain parts of the algorithm. So it, it will, uh, it's it, it just, it just essentially that's what the fast means. Um, but uh, it is a temporary thing. So all these different kryptonite variants are actually still um, susceptible to ASICs. And uh, one of the things that we're looking into adding in our roadmap is um, what we're kind of thinking of is really a proof of work supplementary algorithm, and it makes it latency bound versus throughput bound. So like to describe that in a simple way, um, you can think of it kind of like uh, cars on highways. Um, it, to, if you go from A to B, um, something that's throughput bound means that you can uh, have more lanes in this highway and you can get trucks instead of cars to get the things across. Um, but if you're latency bound, it, it kind of means that you uh, you need something that goes across to B and it comes back to A and you, you can't really take advantage of a highway. Um, so that's something that we're trying to work on. And uh, this would actually be kind of eco-friendly and it would help with decentralization because uh, you can mine just as efficiently with a phone as you can with a, with a big CPU. Um, so uh, this is something we're working on uh, to help with uh, future advancements because at some point um, when ASICs start pointing at it, people start making ASICs for uh, something like Kryptonite Fast, we're, we're basically in the same position as Monero would be, but we're trying to find a way to make a, a proof of work that uh, is just sort of future-proof and we don't have to worry about ASICs and forking every six months or what have you. Right. Great stuff, man. Well, uh, you know, getting kind of close to the end of the show here. And when when somebody reached out to me about talking with you guys, I was already excited because I've, I've, I've just known so much about you over the course of the last year. But, uh, you know, he was trying to set me up to get on the phone with, uh, I think it was about two or three other, other devs that you guys have. So I know they weren't able to make it on with us today, but I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of shout out anybody that, that helps push that project for, for you and all that kind of stuff that maybe didn't get to make it onto the show with us. 
For sure. For sure. Yeah. So um, it, this is a very community uh, run project. So like uh, I didn't really start this with anybody else but myself, but we ended up with a core team um, of five people. Uh, these guys do a ton of work. Um, and knock, uh, Lodo, uh, he's docs like myself, his, his name is Nick. <laughs> um, and, uh, we got, um, crypto changements and, uh, Jeff. Uh, so we got, we got a bunch of guys there, uh, dealing with communications, dealing with front end, dealing with marketing. Um, and the community itself is really helpful as well. So, um, it's, it's really, it would be a shout out for everybody. Yeah, and you you guys are on multiple exchanges. Can you just run run through for the listening audience where you're at, where you find it? Yeah, sure. Let me just pop that up for a second. Uh, we are on Cryptopia. We're on Trade Ogre. We're on South Exchange, uh, uh, Stacks, and there are a couple other small ones, but they're not on. Uh, you, you wouldn't see them on Coin Market Cap. Uh, see what they are. And and you did most of this without a pre-mine, if I understand it correctly. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, so there's a little bit of um, sort of controversy because there were a few blocks that were mined just before the public announcement, but it's really an insignificant amount. Uh, not, a, not enough to buy a Cryptopia listing, let's say it no. that way, right? <laughs> yeah. so with Cryptopia, this was all community run. Um, uh, basically, people from the community came in and they paid for, for it uh, with their own money. Uh, with uh, in terms of what we have as a dev fund, it uh, we're basically broke. There's, there's nothing. Uh, there's there's no no, pre, no effective pre mine here. Wow, that, that's cool. So yeah, so in terms of uh, uh, Cryptopia, I would do a shout out to uh, Aspit and uh, the other guys, Anonymous, but they they both uh, uh, took the the majority of the pay uh, the cost for paying for paying uh, Cryptopia. That's amazing, man. That's that's uh. Yeah, that's, not, that's, none of those exchanges are really inexpensive, so it is amazing. Right, uh, right. That's good work. Yeah, that's that's a strong community, man. That that's something I've been impressed with, and uh, always kind of find as one of my marquee things to look at when I'm hopping into a project is if there's a you know a strong support, and you guys seem to have that for sure. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm uh, I'm humbled by the community itself. So this is. Uh, it wouldn't be here with, uh, without them. Awesome, man. Well, hey, man, I just want to say thanks. Uh, let me give Oso Easy. You got you got anything for him? I know you you're the guru here. So, you got any other questions for him? I just I know our time is running short. I really appreciate all the input you've given us there. It was it was a pleasure to talk with you. Hope to do more so in the future. And next time, I'm definitely gonna delve into that uh, subchain. Uh, multiple subchain spawn situation you have going on that sounds very interesting to me but for today i think you've given everybody a good overview of your project and thank you all right and thank thank you guys for uh, for hosting me the, it'd be uh, i'd be happy to be back yeah there we we'll definitely follow up with you as you get more of these things kind of rolling man definitely would love to follow back up with you for sure all right man have a good one you too take care guys all right take care All right, welcome back to the segment of the Proof of Work podcast. Um, right now, you just got your host on, all right? It's me and Oh So Easy. Uh, it's a big week ahead if you're an EGM fanatic like I am. Uh, it's it's a huge week, obviously. We got Sapphire, EGM Sapphire kind of on deck here. Uh, looking forward to the snapshot um, in a little less than, I guess, about 48 hours, somewhere around there. I hadn't checked uh, 
exact time here today. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been messaging back and forth with Oso Easy since he's been back from uh, Las Vegas. And, man, he's been hard at work. No rest for the weary. Huh, Oso Easy? Yeah, we got a we got a lot on our plate right now, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it definitely seems so, man. So you, you, I would almost opt to say you pulled an all nighter because every time I checked my uh, Discord, your, your little button was green and you were kind of around. So uh, you're definitely grinding away on EGM Sapphire. So uh, we're about forty eight hours away, like I mentioned. Uh, so what are you working on right now? Uh, quite a few things, actually. Uh, so yeah, my wife would like to get me back too, by the way. <laughs> um, the conference was great and, uh, and there's a lot of enthusiasm around Sapphire. Uh, Sapphire is a chain that we built from the ground up. You heard me talk about it before. So what I'm working on right now is kind of like just going line by line through the code. Uh, because I mean, it, it, in a simplistic nature, this is just a blockchain, right? It builds a block. Peers connect, they, they, they decide that that next block is the valid block, and then it runs some transactions. In, in this case, it runs some orders on the DEX uh, and uh, a few other things, what have you. Not so much as complicated as like an ETH block. Uh, so what am I doing right now is I'm running through the code and just cleaning things up. You know, I, I'm a developer and I like to develop on the fly. Like, um, I think best when I'm doing unit testing. And so I'm taking out some of that development code, things like that. Uh, we tested the airdrop earlier this week. Actually, I tested it while I was in Vegas. And what's cool about initially, I was thinking, man, I got to load like, you know, 26 million sapphires into the Genesis block on this other chain. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm using web three all the way through because it's in its interface to eGem and web three allows me to just pull the balance right out of right off the block. So that, that actually saved me a lot of time. That was, that was a huge help. Um, yeah, that was cool. That was extremely cool. In fact, uh, even though, but we did successfully test that large load into the Genesis block before that, which was funny. Um, if we, we have a miner that's a little bit custom for, for mining because we're using Blake 2S right now. And on that miner, the way, so I build everything in node.js node, and um, which is JavaScript. I love JavaScript. It could have built it in, in anything, but I just wanted to do something in JavaScript this time. And, uh, and so I'm using sub-processes uh, to run the different miners. And then those sub-processes need to extend out to a GPU. So I'm still working on that interface to the GPU part of that. And right now we've been using CPU mining in our testing. Uh, Cleaning up things with the uh, RPC interface to the wallet. It's, you know, you don't really think about all the different um, peripherals that go into a blockchain until you build one and you realize, wait a minute, I just built this from scratch. I don't have an explorer. I don't have code to fork to make my explorer. You know, I got a good idea of what it should be, but I got to code it. And I don't have a wallet. Um, in this case, we're using the eGem standard wallet as a multi-currency wallet, which is really cool. Uh, and, you know, it interacts with both chains at the same time. If you manage to get another coin 
into that wallet. Cause like I said, it's multi-currency for the decks. You can then like stock up that other coin in your eGem wallet and really have one wallet to rule them all in, in a way, in a sense, uh, because you could trade it to someone else's uh, eGem Sapphire wallet, which is our Opal wallet, by the way, uh, on the uh, eGem chain or on Sapphire chain on eGem. And, uh, and so you would be able to trade, like if you put some BTC in your wallet, you trade it over to somebody else that's that. Or you could send it out using the BTC uh, chain, right? Using a BTC right. wallet. Uh, so those are the things that we're kind of cleaning up. You know, we're doing the snapshot right now. So right. the snapshot, uh, we did a test snapshot at block 1337331 uh, for testing. And then we made the official snapshot block 1,530,000. Yeah, that. <laughs> one five three <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> And, um, yeah, 1.5 million really. And, uh, and so we're kind of going through just getting set up for, for running this thing. Well, that's uh, certainly exciting, man. And I'm sure, like you said, just a lot of cleaning up and paying attention to the small details, trying to get it all together. So we're looking in a couple of days here. The snapshot happens, okay? And then so what? what's kind of next after that? I know everybody's excited about the snapshot, but is it, is it still going to be a little bit calm before uh, the, the official storm? Yeah, what will happen is snapshot's going to take place. We're working to get this test net up and running. People are going to play around on the test net, test all the functionality, and then when we feel comfortable, we'll cut over to live. You know, with most airdrops, there's always a snapshot, at least all the ones I've participated in uh, that aren't like a direct fork. There's usually a snapshot and then a date in the future when your coins are available. So, right. so that's kind of what we have set up right now is we're doing that. We, we had to take care of the snapshot because our budget, monetary policy budget, only allowed for so many coins to be airdropped and we've reached like the, the upper threshold of that limit. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. Um, it, it took a little longer to build this thing than, than I anticipated uh, in the beginning, but it's, well, uh, it's a lot of fun now. Yeah, man. I know, uh, you know, you've been, been extremely proud about, about this project and uh, you know, regardless of the amount of time and it, it, people are fired up about it and, I mean, it, it had me grinding out. I finally got a quarry note. Just just heads up, I didn't get to tell you because you were in Vegas, but I uh, finally got that up and running because I was trying to make sure I had had that before uh, the snapshot. So that, that got me off my tail a little bit. So I know we're all we're all looking forward to, um, you know, the, the, the obviously the snapshot and then the upcoming weeks and months uh, afterwards as we get rolling with this. Um, now, with, with, with the algorithm being uh, Blake 2S, is there an opportunity for, you know, I, I guess this is self-explanatory, but I'm going to ask just for clarification. I can I, I can mine any other ETHash coin. I don't necessarily have to mine eGem, but I can mine uh, either one for, for uh, you know, argument's sake and, and still mine, uh, dual mine Sapphire. Yeah, that's the intention. So that's okay. why I chose that algorithm originally was I was looking for well, I think Blake2B was the one that came up in my research and my limited knowledge on how to plug these things in. I ended up using a Blake2S. Uh, I'm hoping this is going to work out real well. If not, we'll change the algorithm. At this point, with what I've learned, 
it's not that difficult to plug something else in. But you should be able to do dual mine with mining eGem primarily. And this is a secondary coin, kind of similar to how you mine. Uh, like I was mining eGem and Shield for a long time. Correct. Uh, on a dual mine. When I was using, so uh, the reason I stopped, nothing against Shield, I love Shield, uh, is the uh, Claymore. I stopped using Claymore to use Phoenix Miner recently uh, with the Windows updates. And so now I'm just doing a single mine. And eGem is my coin, man. <laughs> so, yeah. so all my miners are set. In fact, I'm in my mining room right now. I was, I haven't turned my rigs on since I've been back from Vegas. I was down here turning them on. I got like a pile of parts to build new rigs. I got to get down here. <laughs> <laughs> man, you are stretched thin, man. You got mining, uh, CryptoCon, uh, built, you built your own chain from scratch just, just for, uh, just for fun, man. It's, it's uh, definitely fun times for you. I'm imagining, huh? Yeah, I went all in. So that was what was cool about talking to the Missouri uh, dev previous segment. We, uh, you know, he just put omers or uncles into his blockchain, um, even though I guess he's still keeping a 60 second block time or something. But I did that on Sapphire because what when Ethereum did that, it was a really good idea. You know, that's how they keep the fast block time and a, they kind of like keep the conflict resolution part of the process of making the blocks. And I thought it was genius. Uh, you know, those guys are really smart. So, so I knew what he was talking about there uh, only cause I just coded it. And, and um, you know, you never know what you're going to learn talking to other devs and, and working with other people. So going out to world CryptoCon and talking to all the different booths and stuff and, and how it directly relates to Sapphire is proof of work is still a thing, man. I, I was getting a little bit nervous about it, but there were so many miners and so many people that are into mining and they're not into mining. Like mining's going out of style next week. They're into mining. Like they just probably mortgaged their, their house farm and, and a couple kids and, and built these mining farms. So, so proof of work is here to stay. That's my opinion. And so I'm kind of making that a part of my regiment. And as such, I, I invested heavily into my own mining setup in my own house. And I like I upgraded my power. I had an electrician come out. So lucky for me, the guy that owned it before me had a machine shop in the basement. So he already had the uh, higher voltage, uh, the 220 or whatever you want to call it, in the, in the wall in three places. So I just got what they call power distribution units. And I plugged my, um, my power supplies right into these PDUs. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, um, man, I would love to see that, man. Yeah, I'll get some pictures. You know, we can we can do a show on that down the road. I, right now, it's a little messy, I will say. But, yeah. uh, you know, I got a stack of gaming cards, like two stacks of gaming cards over there. My NVIDIA and my, um, my uh, AMD stuff. But, um <laughs> and, and power supplies and cpus and all that crap but yeah we should talk about that i think it's fun yeah, that, would, that would definitely be sick man I'm, I'm not quite there yet but i'm slowly but surely getting that going man so uh you know you kind of you kind of alluded to the CryptoCon a little bit uh definitely would reminisce not talking about at least a little bit i know definitely let had troy on a, to, to kind of talk about his perspective but uh you know fill us in real quick about you know you know, how, how you think it went, uh, how eGem was kind of, you know, I, I know I know you represent uh, a, a few other, um, you know, 
communities, um, you know, working as a dev with Lumineo and um, XBI. But I would definitely be curious of kind of how it went for you, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, this isn't my first time doing like a radio uh, situation. I used to do be on radio in D.C. when I used to live there and was a government contractor. And uh, one of my friends uh, who used to work in that area, and actually he was the, the production, let's see, I guess he was the producer of the show. And, uh, and he now runs a television station out in Vegas. So one of our first experiences when we got to Vegas was we hooked up with Seth Estrada, I think, and, um, and a couple other guys. And we went down and he was doing some TV clips in, in a, a room. And uh, we went down and we, we all recorded a little clip. I don't know if it ever is going to air, but it was just fun. You know, the guy's my friend. So I was hanging out. Um, yeah. So we got that. And, uh, you know, we, we checked out the, the Crypticon. It was, uh, it was interesting. I'm more of a booth person. I don't really sit in all the talks. Uh, so I was going booth to booth. Troy is, um, he knows how to work the crowd and, and get to, you know, who to talk to and, and what's going to be important for EGEM. We, we learned how to team up when we were in Atlantic City at that conference. It was, uh, it was definitely more populated than the Atlantic City conference. It's Vegas, so it was nuts. Uh, you know, you're, you're dead lagged. Everything is daytime. And we'll, we'll talk about this when we do the show on the CryptoCon and maybe we'll have some of the people on. But, uh, you know, you go into booths and, and presentations during the day, then they got a, a high-end party at one of those exclusive clubs that, you know, it's kind of a little bit tough to get into in Vegas. All the casinos have their, their um, flagship nightclub. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, and, and I'm an older guy now. So my, my clubbing days are probably behind me in that regard. You know, midnight going to the club and you can't hear anything in the club. <laughs> it's, it's a blast, though. Uh, <laughs> Vegas. And then we, we went and uh, the next day uh, we went and got a hold of uh, Freight from uh, XBI. He lives in Vegas. So we got together and we went down to Topgolf and with the TV crew and him. And we just kind of hung out and talked, you know, crypto and other things and, and had a good day of it. And then uh, just, you know, we'll talk about the rest of the conference when we do our show, but it was a good, good experience. Is that what you wanted or? Yeah, no, man, that's awesome, man. I, I, like I said, I didn't get to talk to you much. So we were hoping to kind of record live, but uh, man, that time difference was just kind of throwing us off, but it, it ended up, uh, ended up being good for you guys. It sounds like, and uh, definitely look forward to kind of diving into it a little bit more and hopefully getting, couple of guests that were down there that you might have ran into on and that would make for a really good episode. Yeah, I'll be excited uh, to talk about it again and uh, looking forward to the next one. I know there's one going on in Miami in December. I don't know that I'm going to make it there. I want to hit one of these European shows. You know, uh, Gozi from uh, Validity. I don't right. know if you know about that project. They they deployed yeah, a on the eGem chain. He was at the Malta conference and I'm not sure, but it looked like his tweet said he won the hackathon and that guy's a pretty good coder. I, I like talk to him a lot on discord and I've checked out some of the things that he works on. He's checked out some of the things I work on. We've developed a good rapport talking to each other uh, about code and development stuff. I mean, 
couldn't go to a more deserving individual in my opinion. He's a really good guy. So I'd I'd like to see maybe even he'll get on the show and talk Malta while we're talking Vegas. And, you know, there, there was a lot going on in the crypto world because it was also like a dev con going on in Prague. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw saw it. Like, to be honest with you, because it was, as I'm scrolling through my Twitter timeline, I thought it was all in conjunction with each other. I didn't realize you all, like, all three of those things were in different places. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and and I went to Malta one time, uh, let's see, 2011, I think, maybe 2010. It's a pretty cool little island, so I'm sure Gozi had a good time while he was there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not, it's hard to be jealous of Malta when you're in Vegas because Vegas is right. Vegas. Right? But um, but yeah, Malta's cool too. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Well, I, I need to get on the docket and figure out kind of what what the next few months look like because I need to get to one just to get the feel of it, man. It, it sounds exciting. It looked exciting on social media, man. Yeah, and and you know, Vegas is has a lot of distractions, so maybe it might even be better. <laughs> these other locations um right no that's for dang sure man that's for dang <laughs> sure well uh with let me ask you just one question and like i said i save everything else for for the uh, CryptoCon episode but was there anything uh exciting jumped off you know jumped out at you that that you just couldn't wait to talk about or anything like that you know for me i guess it wasn't that kind of a conference it was more like, you know, we're, it, it's been kind of a down year for crypto, right? So you get together and you feel that vibe a little bit from the people coming into the conference, but then you realize that everybody there is into crypto just like you are. And this is your daily activity. So for me, this conference wasn't about like the new breakthrough, exciting news that's coming out or, you know, we got to get into, let's FOMO into this coin, FOMO into that coin, because this is going to be the biggest, baddest thing. It wasn't that. It was more along the lines of, you know, these guys go every single day. They get up just like I do. They're doing it all day long. We hung out with the SafeCoin team. Seemed like a real genuine team, real guys. You know, they took us to a whiskey bar one night. Um, uh, one, of their, one of their colleagues, I'm not sure if he's on the team or just like a colleague of the team, Cam, took us to the whiskey bar. But we're talking crypto the entire time through all of this. And we realized that we're all alike. Crypto is going to be, you know, it's not just like kind of falling by the wayside. It's getting ready to, 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 to pump again. It's getting, we're getting ready to go into a bull market and everybody, everybody that was there was into this just like I am. And that's, that's what was good about the conference for me. And sometimes you need that because you get, you know, everybody's on the internet, right? We're on uh, discord. We're on telegram We're nobody's, face-to-face and in-person doing this stuff. So you start to lose faith in, you know, because, hey, the market hasn't been real kind this year. <laughs> I got coins that are, what, 95, 99% in some cases, right? <laughs> right. I'm sure you do too. So no, I sure do. <laughs> so we needed that little, like, hey, we're all in this together. This is going to happen. And we are building the next, you know, like internet type technology here as a team in a way. Right. Well, that's, Just, I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but that's what I got out of this conference. And I thought that was really probably the best thing I could have got out of it. Yeah. You know what? To be brutally honest, like rather, like you said, than FOMOing over stuff, 
you know, just, just seeing that people are still, people are still got their, you know, 10 toes down and kind of grinding through this bear market and still are excited. And, and, you know, you mentioned proof of work is alive, you know, more alive than ever, almost, uh, you know, all those kind of things that, you know, that's probably a better takeaway than finding some new shiny object to kind of stare for a couple months, you know, um, I'd much rather see the longevity and the excitement, man. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, um, Let's see, I'm trying to think of what was going on there. I talked to the Pivx team briefly. You know, so many coins at Fork Pivx. I don't recall too many other booths where it was like your traditional top 50 crypto coins having a booth. Um, I was looking for the Cryptopia booth. <laughs> Didn't end up connecting there. And um, just, you know, there was a lot of really, you know, one guy that really cracked me up, this, this probably won't come up in our other show. So I'll bring this up. First off, they gave everybody ledgers when we got there on the VIP. Uh, you got that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Right next to the ledger, I think it was the ledger booth. Uh, right next to the ledger booth is this guy with a leather couch and his booth was just looking chill, right? He had uh, just cases just cases for, for ledgers and treasure, treasure and everything else. Um, so the, that peripheral market was there. There was another inst- and his booth was doing well. You, you wouldn't expect that. You would think people are like, well, if you're not a coin or you're not some kind of technology or you're not an ICO, I don't really want to talk to you. You're just selling cases. But his booth was packed, man. It was cool. Then there was another booth that had, you know how you have your, 12, your uh, speed phrase? Mm-hmm. And you got to write it on paper and you usually you stick it in a safe deposit, safety deposit box or something. Right. There was one booth that had like a little engraving machine and you engrave your, your words on a little metal card. So you, you they <laughs> lost in a fire things you probably wouldn't think of yourself, but you see it and you're like, you know, can't believe that's working, but it works. And right. that booth was too. So, not, not con, you know, like you don't realize what's there actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's probably a good opportunity for some of those guys to take a craft and, and, and find a way to apply. And, and like you said, I wouldn't think about that, but I definitely might have got one of those things. <laughs> yeah. And then there was, you know, a lot of exchanges and um, things like that. So, we talked right. to those, a lot of consultant, um, a lot of people with ideas and not a working product yet. So that's always interesting. And I like to talk to those guys to see and, and gals where they're going with the project, what their thinking is, what the mentality is. Are they just trying to be a token? Are they actually building something like blockchain uh, foundational currency type product? Right. Or, uh, you know, and, and where's the budget coming from? That's something that's always on my mind. So you see a lot of these people, are obviously putting their own money into this. And I don't think they're just running around with investor money, just blowing it on shows and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. they've, they've actually gone and put an investment in and they're getting to that point where they, they might be looking at investor money. So. Well, that's, uh, you know, definitely exciting to, you know, kind of take that viewpoint and, and, and go, go through a crypto account like that, uh, you know, seeking, uh, you know, different projects, regardless of their likeness of yours or not, and just trying to trying to pick and, uh, you know, pick people's brains and all that good stuff. Uh, you definitely have a good knack for kind of going through there because I probably would have just been 
running around like a chicken with his head cut off a little bit. But uh, that's good you were able to kind of bring some stuff back, hopefully uh, helped you as a developer, you know, helped you as, um, you know, just, just a person that's investing in crypto. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There was three levels, I think. Well, at least two levels of booths, and then maybe there the third level might be out on the like common floor. They had little booths set up out there. There was Lambos just about everywhere. Obviously, <laughs> oh gosh, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say there was about four, maybe three. I think there was at least four Lambos there, and uh, yeah, it's a CryptoCon. I, you know, I guess if you haven't been to one. And if you haven't been attending a lot of conferences, it's just like every, every other conference you've been to, but crypto centric. Right. Right. But yeah, pretty cool too. And you see, I saw Charlie Lee speak and there was other prominent people in the crypto industry around and and available and it's a good crowd. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a, uh, a good point for us to kind of, kind of, put the dot 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 and uh to be continued as we follow up with the you know the details of CryptoCon, you know from a little bit more from your point of view see what troy thought about it and then uh also on the next week's episode we have uh proof of review uh grow diggy um awesome yeah. awesome minor uh you know one of the spec minor uh, uh you know one of the ogs as, as twitter calls it i guess um you know obviously he's uh, produced a proof of proof of review token and uh, the project that basically kind of looks into, uh, you know, up and coming proof of work um, projects and, uh, you know, just, just any, any project for that matter down the road is going to kind of turn into that, but we're we're getting to the weeds with him a little bit about their project. And I'm involved with that just a little bit to a certain extent and definitely would love to, to, to dive in there. So I'm excited about next week's episode. Uh, Definitely appreciate you. Oh, so easy. Um, You know, get some rest, get some rest, man. Go ahead. I, I certainly will. I just want to make that note because this show is going to air and then we're going to be um, going through our snapshot. If you were considering Sapphire, now's the time to go get an eGem uh, quarry node. It's it's 10,000 eGem for the quarry node. It's 20,000 Sapphires and you get two Sapphires for every eGem you hold. Just hold it in a wallet off the exchange and your your Sapphire node is covered just from your eGem node. It's It's something probably worth doing. I, I had to kind of plug that, man. <laughs> no, I'm, you know what? Honestly, I'm happy you did because I didn't realize that uh, with the, with the Sapphire, it was going to be dependent on that as well to 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 cover the query note. So that's good to know. Yeah, yeah you awesome, get it with the low level Sapphire node uh, automatically. We okay. kind of did that. Time, so yeah, I know we're okay. over time, but coach, and really looking forward to the next show and hearing what Growl Diggy has to say. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah, man. All right. Look forward to seeing you, man. Like I said, get some rest. And uh, uh, we're definitely excited about your project, man. And, uh, you know, keep keep grinding out. Will do. Thank you. Thanks right, for your later. time. <laughs>